Hey there, Divorce and Beyond listeners. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to give you a quick, exciting update. I am thrilled to share that our top five most downloaded episodes of 2023 are now on the website. These are the episodes that have been a beacon of support and guidance for many of you, and now you can easily access them too. So you can dive into powerful conversations ranging from Dear My Future Self, Why a Focus on the Future is the Secret Sauce of Divorce with Alex Beatty, to the eye-opening How to Do Divorce Right with top attorney Beth McCormick. Each of these five episodes, as all Divorce and Beyond episodes are, are packed with insights and expert advice, making them a must-listen for anyone navigating through divorce. So if you're ready to be inspired by our top five from last year, you can head over to divorceandbeyond.com and just click on top episodes to listen to these transformative episodes. Don't miss out on these empowering discussions. And now let's get started with today's episode. Stay tuned. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm the primary parent. You're the secondary parent unfortunately, is still pretty pervasive. And I find myself, you know, encouraging parents to change the language they use. They don't think about it. They don't think about how kids being told they're going to visit a parent impacts the dynamic. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process. So listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And listeners, today we're going to dive into a topic that I know is going to resonate with so many of you that are struggling in that co-parenting paradigm, whether you are going through a divorce or you're in that post-divorce or post-separation world. it's, it's It's a struggle, and it is even more of a struggle when you are competing with your co-parent, right? When you get into that back and forth of who's the better parent. Um, And this is such a common feeling that people can get into. And I, I said earlier, as we were getting ready for this episode, I don't even think it's unheard of amongst you know, married couples or parents that are together, that there might be a little bit of that. They love me more. So of course, as we are talking about co-parenting and children, I asked back our favorite parenting expert, both divorce and beyond's favorite parenting expert and America's favorite uh, parenting expert, Christina McGee is back with me, everybody. Christina, thank you for coming back and talking about this because this is really a topic that's almost a universal, I would say, for parents. Oh, I would completely agree. And when you talk about that, this is a dynamic that can play out, you know, in, you know, married couples, as well as co-parenting couples. I'm right there. You know, right? I'm right there. Both our hands are up, folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's something about 
I, I, we even do it. I mean, this is so silly, but I think we even do it with our dogs. Like my husband and I will argue over which one of us the dogs love more, right? You know, <laughs> and I, he's like sneaking them food under the table and I'm giving them extra treats at the back door, right? And, and not that I know, I know our children and our dogs are different things, folks. I, I'm not in any way equating the two, but I think there's that very human desire to be loved, to be cared for, that the unconditional love of a child or a pet, but a child is, is something that's so very precious to us and they are so very precious to us. And then as you go into divorce and separation, we, we encounter that fear, right? The, the parental fear of being marginalized to their children. I, I, I've always thought as a practitioner, that's kind of where it stems from. I think so. So interestingly, you know, I spend a lot of time talking with parents about this idea that divorce kind of shakes children's sense of security, right? It calls into question this idea of unconditional love. And kids will wonder if you can stop loving each other, does that mean someday you might stop loving me? Well, the really fascinating thing is that, you know, parents go through that same thing. They wonder, Am I going to lose my relationship with my child? Am I still going to be a significant influence for them? You know, now that I have a a certain allotment of time and I'm having to share all these first, right, where I might normally have always been right on point for the first tooth or the first time they ride a bicycle or on the sidelines, you know, when they, when they're doing their soccer game and they make that fantastic goal. I'm there cheering. And now, well, things might be very different. And so parents get really insecure and that insecurity kind of feeds into this whole idea of like, how am I measuring up with the other parent? Um, How do I kind of stack the deck in my favor? (laughs) What's going to, you know, are kids still going to want to spend time with me? Are they going to love their other home more than my home? You know, just all these insecurities creep in. And and not, you know, a lot of times parents aren't necessarily aware of them. Well, and you just said something that I think is really a critical aspect of this. A lot of times we're not even aware of this. I remember it was a dad once in one of my mediations and we were talking about taking him taking some of the children's bedroom furniture from the marital residence where mom was going to stay with the kids and and he was establishing a new residence and he wanted to take some of their bedroom furniture and mom was adamant about not taking and changing anything about their Mm. current bedroom situation and he said and it was the first time for me it was like a light bulb going off he goes look your home is already what they think of as home let me take some of the things that they think of as part of that home and help establish the new home so they feel at home there too. And in his mind, he was feeling like not only, uh, you know, am I marginalized in that I'm only spending part of the time with them now, but my entire life setup for them is marginalized. And there are so many other ways, like it kind of sneaks in, right? So parents might slack off on discipline, Because if I discipline, then maybe my kids will like being at the other house more because it's more fun or they don't have as many rules. So I better play it safe or wondering, you know, do my kids love the other parent more than they love me? 
Um, am I still the favored parent? Do we have a special relationship? Um, you know, if a child misses a, a parent that they're not with, you know, parents start perseverating. I've had parents say to me, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like, why, why do they miss their mom when they're with me? Or why are they missing dad when they just saw him yesterday? I don't, I don't get it. Um, or having to be that parent that experiences all the first, right? I have to be the parent that is there for every significant milestone, countering things. Like if a parent plans a trip, well, I need to plan one of equal, you know, excitement and intrigue. And it, you know, it's got to measure up. And the thing is, is that you never really are able to sink in those moments of joy with your children. You're comparing all the time or wondering what compares. Right. And kids pick up on it, right? Kids sure. pick up on it. And so what kind of message are we sending to them? I think it's, it, well, the title of this episode, Disney Dads and Marvel Moms, right? You know, the Disney Dad phrase. I made up, folks, the Marvel Moms, but I needed something that went with <laughs> Disney Dads. But but that Disney Dad thing comes out of, I mean, listeners, you know, I've been at this for a long time. 30 years ago, when I started practicing, we lived in that world of moms had primary custody of their children mm. and the children were with moms, you know, most all week. And dads had visitation every other weekend. And that was sort of the advent of the Disney dad because you had mom being the one who was making them do the chores and the homework and go to school and all of that. And dad had them for two days on the weekend where all bets were off. It was time to go to Disneyland and have a great time and and eat ice cream for dinner and, and all those things. But we still see that what I, you know, we don't live in that thankfully, antiquated world of parenting time really anymore. Some families may still have that schedule, but for the most part, we see a much more equalized sharing of parenting time or what works better for children, hopefully, for that family. But we do still see, as you just said, that feeling for parents that what they might have done as a parent while they were in the same household, they might come at it a little differently now that they're in separate households, because they, their motivations are a little different, right? Right, right. And we forget that because it, it, the divorce, right? Parenting kids out of two households is a really huge game changer in terms of how we spend time, how we structure our household. And we're going from this um, being a one family, right? Being a we to being a me and parenting on your own and trying to kind of figure it out. That visitation mentality, that custody mentality, that I'm the primary parent, you're the secondary parent, unfortunately, is still pretty pervasive. And I find myself, you know, encouraging parents to change the language they use. They don't think about it. They don't think about how kids being told they're going to visit a parent impacts the dynamic and and puts kids in this position of feeling like outsiders looking in that time becomes so precious and so guarded that we just want to fill it right nonstop yeah. with so much fun and and so much excitement and you know make every second count and it's doing children a disservice 
on both sides of the fence, really, because the what kids most need when the family changes is they need us to reinforce their belonging and their connection. Their sense of family needs to be redefined. But when we're so worried about how we measure up, how we're putting our stake in the ground, right? we're missing those opportunities to really reinforce that belonging, that connection, that sense of security, rebuilding it with kids. Well, and, and this is making me think of something I've heard you say, which is a, a Teddy Roosevelt quote, that is comparison is the thief of joy. Because as you just pointed out, that comparison or that constant feeling of competition with your co-parent robs children of that ability to feel connected to family in that moment as well. But you're also robbing yourself by comparing yourself to your co-parent. You're robbing yourself of some of the joy of your time mm-hmm. and, and experience with your children, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is, we're, t- we're talking about attachment, right? Which is so incredibly important for children. You know, parents are the foundation of children's sense of security and those attachments that we have are what fuel that foundation, that sense of security, and really, you know, kind of make or break how children adjust when the family changes. And when children can still maintain a warm and engaging relationship with both of their parents, there's no reason why they can't do really well following a divorce, right? And and still be resilient and happy and secure and all those things that we hope for for our children. And this whole idea of uh, attachment and really losing those opportunities as we start really putting more energy into planning events, like becoming the entertainment director of our children's lives. Julie McCoy. Right? Yeah. Let me show <laughs> you your way Julie to McCoy. the, you know. <laughs> Lido deck. You know, the best birthday party, the best Christmas presents, the... When really what children want most from us is it's not the things, the gifts that we're giving them. It's how we engage with them. And I can tell you, ask, ask your kids, you know, people don't believe me. They're like, ah, come on, Christina. (laughs) My kids love getting stuff. They may. Most self-respecting kids do. But if you ask your children, tell me, what's one of your favorite memories What's one of the things that you really like most about the time we spend together? I guarantee it's not going to be something that came in a box. It wasn't the the bike or the Barbie dream house. No, but it might have been you teaching me how to ride that bike. It might have been you sitting on the floor and playing Barbies with me. I can remember one birthday for our youngest where we had, you know, done the birthday thing and we'd gotten presents. And one of the things I was really committed to doing is I wanted to give her a photo album. And so I put together a photo album with all these pictures that I picked out of her, you know, little growing up, her as a baby. And I signed it and dated it from us. And I'm wrapping it. My husband goes, she's just going to look at that and like pitch it to the side. Like, (laughs) We got her this, we got her that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do it anyway, because I think that this is something she will, you know, cherish for the rest of her life. Well, birthday came and went and my husband said, so, you know, what present did you like the best? And she looked at him and she said, the picture album. That really meant a lot to me. I love that. And I went, yeah, 
<laughs> you know? Better parent. Well, yeah. Oh, I just, nailed it. I nailed it. You know, but, <laughs> but no, but I mean, it just underscored, right? What we yeah. think our kids are really going to value is, is not where it's at. It's how we show up for them. Right. Right. Well, it makes me think of you, you are famous for your t-shirt slogans and the one that always resounds around the holidays, but fits right here is your children want your presence more than they want presents. And if I, if I, I'll spell that out in the show notes for you all, <laughs> if you're having a hard time with it, I, you are a, a parenting coach. You work with parents either singly or together as co-parents to work through things. And so I know you've seen instances through your years of doing this that, that sort of, I think listeners might recognize or resonate with. Can you give some examples of this competitive spirit shining through? Well, I could probably give you some from the very worst end of the spectrum to <laughs> to the best more, okay. more subtle, more subtle, not so yeah. obvious, right? But I can remember working with a couple, we will call them, you know, um Eric and Stacy, right? And hi Eric, hi Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> and their daughter Bailey, when she was with dad, lost a tooth, right? And so Stacy calls me and she is outraged. Do you know what he did? Right? So when so when Bailey lost a tooth, Eric, instead of saying, oh, let's wrap this up and you can take it to mom's house. Not that that would have been the thing to do, but in Stacy's mind, it was, right? Wrap up the tooth right. and send it yeah. to mom's house so the tooth fairy can come. Eric decided to tell Bailey, hey, you know what? We'll put the tooth under your pillow here because you know what? The tooth fairy is better at dad's house. And just to cap it off, when Bailey was sleeping, dad slid a nice crispy 20 right under that pillow. And oh, oh, man, I want that dad. No, boy, was Bailey happy when she woke up, called mom all excited. He's like, yes, it. tooth fairy left me 20. Well, Mom went off like a bottle rocket, right? You know, because he wasn't supposed to do that. That was her tooth. And it, for the record, it wasn't the first tooth that this kid had lost. Okay. okay. So what happens right. to this poor child? Well, when she goes back to mom's house, mom decides she's going to even the playing field and oh. writes a little note from the tooth fairy. And when Bailey's sleeping, she slides a 20 <laughs> under... Bailey is making out here, so folks. This kid, like, really is banking on the teeth. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna start taking pliers and when and putting money aside for college. She wakes up, and mom said, "See, the tooth fairy is just as good at mom's house as at dad's house, and really, the tooth fairy knows that this is your real house. So next time, you need to bring your teeth home." This poor kid, right? Yeah. Now that's a very yeah, laughing, extreme. Well, we are laughing, but it and. This is a very extreme case, but it does, it does happen in a lot of different ways where kids are, you know, put in this position of, you know, Santa Claus, what house does Santa Claus come to or birthdays, you know, where do you want to have your birthday party? You don't want to have it with you. You want to have it here, right? You know, and kids, we get into this situation where kids don't want to hurt either parent's feelings. They don't want to upset either parent and kids get caught in this trap of how do they keep both of them happy at the same time? Like they're walking this line and this folds into that whole uh, mindset that we spend a lot of time talking about, about keeping things fair, right? How do we keep them yeah. balanced? How do we keep them even? And it 
it applies in situations like this when you have the competition and parents vying to be the best parent. And when you talk about time sharing or when you talk about, you know, just decisions that kids are making in general, it's a really, really tough place for kids to be. And so they start feeling more like a commodity. Right. You know, they feel like a math problem or a, a timeshare. Our, our children are timeshares. Is, is well, and kids catch on. I mean, I've had adult children of divorce stand up in, you know, presentations before and say, hey, I was that kid who had a parent that gave me everything under the sun. And while it was cool initially to get stuff, it didn't take long before I felt like that parent was just trying to buy my love. Hey, Divorce and Beyond listeners, I've got a quick but exciting update for you. I'm so excited to say that the podcast is now available on Audible. Yes, where you listen to all your eBooks, you can now also listen to your Divorce and Beyond episodes. And to celebrate, we've got a special offer for you. You get one month free of Audible Plus. So to take advantage of that, just go to the show notes or even better, We have on the website an entire page of books that were written by all our many experts. You can go to the divorceandbeyondpod.com website, go to Beyond Reading, and you're going to find all the books that have been written by our experts, books like Christina McGee's Parenting Apart and Bill Eddy's Biff and Splitting. So whatever the book is, go find it there, download Audible, and We know that sometimes you don't want a hard copy book on display for everyone to see. So whether it's for privacy or convenience, you can listen to the books and the podcasts all in one place on Audible. So take advantage of this fantastic offer. Keep your journey of learning and empowerment going privately and conveniently. Go to divorceandbeyondpod.com and go to Beyond Reading. Stay tuned for more from Christina McGee as we dive deeper into this paradigm of Disney dads and Marvel moms, and she shares some insights into how you can put the competition behind you for your kids. Again, your relationship has changed, but your children's need for family has not. Your children's need to feel a secure connection, which each of their parents has not changed. And so how is it that you as a parent can really make sure that those things are still in place for your kids. How can we rebuild that sense of security, that sense of belonging and connection and not feel threatened by it? If you are finding this episode helpful, be sure to check out last week's special episode with Heather Locus, who's the trifecta of divorce financial professionals, as she shares her top insights to keep in mind to protect your money and start your divorce off on the right financial footing get as much financial information as they have access to organized before they interview a divorce attorney. When they go to interview the attorneys, the better the attorneys are going to be able to advise them and assess what are the key issues in the case. And now we return to today's show. You know, so we've we've talked about the common problem and that is an extreme. I know you've seen more subtle versions of, of the ways people can do it, but that's actually um, descriptive of of the overall feeling, but but you can dive under it to anything happening in your child's life that happens at the other parent's home or while they're with the other parent. You feel like you lost out. It's not fair to use the fair the f word of divorce. Um, it's not fair. I didn't get to be a part of 
the tooth or the this or the that. And and it's really, it's that there's no I in parent, but it's all about I mm-hmm. and not about your child. But, you know, you are all about, this is one of the things that I, I love. We've talked about your co-parent specialist training that you do to train divorce professionals to help parents create a more child-centered divorce, right? A divorce that is going to help children. And one of the things that course is famous for is the real actionable tips that you share with with practitioners to share with their parents. So so maybe we could dive in there a little bit for the listeners who are parents or who are you know practitioners who support parents. What can you do to help the parents who maybe they're going, oh my God, like you said, they may not even be aware. Oh my God, I do that. Or I feel that way. There may be those out there who are like, well, it's really important that I be the number one parent. (laughs) I see no point to this episode, but most of them, I think hopefully see that, 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 you know, this is behavior and this is something that you might want to in some way manage um, for your child's sake. So what are your tips? What, what would you say? Well, if, if only, and I would say across the board, this is almost always one of my number one things is pay attention, like raise your level of awareness. You know, we've all had those moments where we've gotten that little twinge. You know, I had a parent that I worked with who, when her child got a puppy at the other house was really, became very jealous of the puppy. Like, because the child couldn't stop talking about the puppy. And this mom was like, oh my gosh, she's going to love the puppy more than me. You know, and I don't think that that's a real uncommon, I mean, we're talking about it and, you know, some might say, well, that's pretty irrational, but when you're in it, (laughs) it's not so irrational. And then there's all kinds of other ways that it can, you know, manifest. Like I said before, when a child comes home and they're really missing the parent that they're not with, and they just saw that parent yesterday, like what's, what's the matter? Why are you, why are you missing? You know? So I think raising your level of awareness, when you feel that little catch and you're like, "Mm," like, why are they missing them? Right. You need to really get clear about your why. Okay. When you're upset or you find yourself kind of on edge, about your children's excitement over something or about them longing for a parent. It's really important to take a step back and really think that through, right? Mm -hmm. What's really bothering me? Ask yourself, you know, is it insecurity? Am I feeling a little jealous? Am I wishing I was the one that got the puppy? Okay, get, get honest with yourself to kind of give yourself a different context for thinking about it. And you already hinted about this earlier in the episode, you know, how would I respond if we were still married and this happened? You know, so if you were still in a marriage relationship and your co-parent was away on a business trip and your child said, oh, I'm really missing daddy. Chances are you wouldn't be going, hmm, what am I doing wrong here? They're missing their father. This is really horrible. I need to fix this situation. You'd probably say, you know what? Gosh, you're, you're really missing dad. You love it when he tucks you in at night and reads you a story or gosh, I can tell that it's really hard not to have mom here for your very first game. You know, you like hearing her cheer on the sidelines. We would comfort our child. We would acknowledge that these are very normal and understandable feelings. We wouldn't be slighted, right? We wouldn't feel like, oh, there's a problem here. Threatened, threatened. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I've said it before, but I'll say it again, you know, just because your relationship has changed, your children's needs have not. They have not. And and that's, you know, really what has changed is is your role in in parenting them, right? The the change is entirely on your side of the fence for and, and your children still have two parents. It's just the parents are coming at it. The perception, our perception of who we are as parents and what's at risk right, changes substantially because our family has changed. And that's one thing that I would really like listeners to take away. Again, your relationship has changed, but your children's need for family has not. Your children's need to feel a secure connection, which each of their parents has not changed. And so how is it that you as a parent can really make sure that those things are still in place for your kids? How can we rebuild that sense of security, that sense of belonging and connection and not feel threatened by it? Yeah, it's so hard, I think, for people you know, to take that internal, how this affects me out of it and look at it just from how it affects their child. But we also know flip side is the vast, vast majority of parents truly want to do what's right and best for their children, right? We know that. And so I really think one of your, one of your tips is probably the most valuable. This episode, I think is one of its greatest values is, is the awareness level. As you said, pay attention, see these things happening because this is very human behavior. We are all human beings. Yeah. We all live with fear. We all live with that, you know, these these feelings that come up when our world changes, changes hard. Mm-hmm. And the idea that we might be marginalized in our children's lives, my God, what could be scarier than that? But you may not even be aware that you're doing it. And the the other thing I really, you know, I know that you said we said it already here, but I think it's it bears, you know, saying again is that keeping score, treating this like it's a a game with your co-parent and you're keeping track of the score, you find yourself paying a lot more attention to the hash marks on the chalkboard mm-hmm. of the score than to the beautiful moments of what right. is happening in your child's life. Right. Well, you just can't be fully there, right? Which would be another tip, you know, share in your children's joy, right? When your children have an opportunity with the other parent, instead of worrying about how you are going to even the odds or a positive experience, really focus on stepping into that moment with them and sharing in the joy. Like, how can you be excited for them? How can you be excited with them? And this is really, again, it's an opportunity to reframe your reaction, you know, and look at it. And again, there's context that can be everything. And so if you shift the context a little and you ask yourself, all right, if this was like if a family relative if an aunt or an uncle invited your children to go on a really amazing trip, right? How would you feel? Or if your child lost a tooth at grandma's house, right? <laughs> Are you going to annihilate her? Are you going to sneak another 20 under the pillow? How dare you? (laughs) Right? No, we probably wouldn't. We would say, oh, wow, sweetie, that's so great. And look, the tooth fairy found you at grandma's house. Isn't that cool? This could, that could have been that situation for that family. But there was a lot of, 
a lot to work on there. And and one thing before we go, I just want to touch on this and we near we do not have nearly enough time to to really dive into this, but I I want to bring it up. Um I I'll ask you now to come back and we can do another episode that dives deeper into this, but something that I have seen in my time as as a family law attorney and mediator is two co-parents who are actually doing pretty well with this co-parenting back and forth between two homes. The competition is not strident, Mm -hmm. but then one of them introduces a new significant other into the picture, a significant other that, you know, and I'm going to put it in the air quotes here, everyone replaces the other parent, right? We have this new pseudo mom or dad stepping into place. And that can, I have seen that take relatively harmonious Mm co-parenting relationships and turn them into horribly competitive, um, just truly very dysfunctional relationships. And and I, I assume that has a lot to do with that being marginalized, being replaced um, in your child's life. Now by this, and not, you know, amorphous third person. Mm -hmm. Well, I will say it is really, really challenging, right? To have another adult figure come into your children's lives, right? It, you know, I get it. Um, And to hear how amazing they are and how wonderful. And do you know what blah, blah, blah did? And that that's hard. Yeah. However, in the same vein, I will also tell you, right, that you are the only parent your children will ever have. And we forget that. We forget the value and the importance of those relationships and, you know, that kids' identity is anchored in us. Their sense of family is anchored in us. Um, But when we start really feeding kind of that, that jealousy or wanting to put our stake in the ground, again, we're undermining that. And we're really shooting ourselves in the foot. It tends to backfire on us. And so that's that's a much bigger conversation. But I, I do see it. I see it all the time. And, and it has a lot of different aspects to it. And more often than not, sadly, I see kids get caught in the crossfire. Well, and they so often do, right? That's really the kids are in the middle um, and instead of at the center. And and that's what we're always trying to avoid. So I will follow up with you. We'll do a, a second episode or another episode that we can dive into that topic. And just that whole advent of a new third party into that co-parenting relationship, a new significant other. It is it's a tricky time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, you know, it's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. So it deserves its own episode. For right now, I want to make sure listeners know one, Christina has been on the show. Goodness, I think you're <laughs> the person who has been on the show more than anyone else. I think we have eight or nine episodes in the archive with Christina, all different kinds of topics, such as how to talk to your children about the divorce. I, I mean, everything, how to get through the holidays, how to, we've, we've talked about pretty, how to come up with a parenting plan that works for your kids. We, we've talked about it. So if you have any topics, Um, that you are looking for some support uh, on your co-parenting, go check the archive of Divorce and Beyond and the show notes for this episode. But uh, Christina also has a wonderful book, Parenting Apart. Um, You can get that on the Divorce and Beyond pod website or on Christina's website. And what's the best way to reach out to you, Christina? I'm assuming the website. Yes, it is. So people can find me at divorceandchildren.com and that's divorceandchildren.com. 
www.parentsmedia.com. And there's a lot of resources right at the top of the homepage. Um, there's parent resources. So just click that tab and it's all spelled out for you. Um, things from the book to online courses to articles and resources, podcast episodes from my favorite folks are, are all there. And so there's a lot of information for people to take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, that's really a wealth of resources. It's a lot of Christina on the screen, um, which is, you know, I've always said there's, there's no better person to get your parenting insights from. Christina has, is gifted in being able to share the information that as parents, we need to have to learn how to have our children thrive through this experience and beyond um, through the divorce. And the other thing I want to mention is there is a, we talked about briefly um, the co-parenting specialist certification program that you created. Christina has started a movement, a true movement of divorce professionals, the professionals out there that she calls the first responders of divorce, the divorce attorneys, therapists, coaches, the people that you as parents who are going through divorce are reaching out to to help you through the process. And Christina has created a training program for those professionals that really helps the professionals help parents have that child-centered divorce. It is a whole different way of looking at divorce. The whole idea being the children come out of the divorce, the least impacted and as healthy, happy, whole and secure as, as they can be. And um, it's a wonderful program. The next training is coming up this March. Um, she's doing it through Mostyn Guthrie, which is uh, my training academy. And I will be one of the small parts of the trainers. This is mostly Christina's brilliance with our co-trainer, Kelly Myers, who was on the show just two weeks ago. You all heard her in First Steps with a Divorce Coach. Go back and listen to Kelly's episode. Uh, but what do you want to tell people about COPS? What have I not covered about the co-parenting specialist certification training? It is a program that con- it never ceases to amaze me, the, the types of professionals that come together for this program. Um, I It adds a level of richness to the program that just can't be duplicated. Um, it's unique every single time. Um, and I feel so fortunate. It is a, one of the things that I am most excited about is to be able to have an opportunity to gather with people. So while I have a lot of information to share, the program is really more than that. It's an opportunity for us to capitalize on the wisdom in the training and to learn from one another. And it's a multidisciplinary training. So you have family lawyers, mediators, therapists, divorce coach. Um, I don't think I've had a CDFA yet, but I'm hoping. We're working <laughs> hoping. on it. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, it, there's a richness to it. And it's a lot of information. You walk away with a ton of resources. It's a very resource intensive course. Um, and the thing that was very important to me in creating it is that the things that you are learning in this course, you can start using right away. It's not one of these courses where you're going to learn a lot of theory and philosophies about how to do things. We're really going to talk a lot about practical application, you know, real world. What does this look like? Where does the rubber meet the road? And how do I help these parents and mm-hmm. most importantly, these children? The and I will say to you, if you are a parent who is facing divorce, look for a co-parenting specialist certified trained professional. Christina has trained well over a hundred professionals out there. 140. Um, I assume 
140 folks <laughs> and, and a new a new cohort to come in March. Um, so, you know, ask your professional if they have taken that the training, the co-parenting specialist uh, certification training, because it's really there's nothing else like it out there. And your your experience of your divorce will be different with a, a trained professional and certainly your children's experience of the divorce and beyond will be uh, very, very different and in a positive way, which is the whole reason Christina has done this. So Christina, I'm, I'm so glad that we got to dive into this. This is one of those topics that, you know, we're so we see it so often that I think it just, you know, floats over our, you know, like, oh, that competition between co-parents, right? It happens every day. What are you going to do about it? Well, it turns out there is there are things that you can do about it. Being aware of it is one. And, and Christina's tips in this episode will help you and help your kids um, through this this difficult part of this process. But again, the whole part, the whole point is that you have you know, get through your divorce and have that beautiful beyond. And we want your children too, as well. So thank you for joining me once again, Christina. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.